0: Did she explain the situation? Fencing with Elena had used up all my verbal delicacy. Abruptly, I replied, your husband's in jail for murder and you want to hire me to defend him. When she spoke again, she matched my abruptness. Yes, that's right. I put my feet up on the bed and glanced out the window toward Alamo Square, the small park that gave the inn its name. A couple of joggers came to a slow stop. One of them was Josh, and the other was Kevin Riley, the bridegroom-to-be. Josh stripped off his blue singlet, and even from here I could see how thin he was. Henry? I'm sorry, Mrs. Windsor, I didn't hear you. I was asking whether you were available. I practice in Los Angeles now, I said, looking away from the window. Unless there's some special reason you want to hire me, it would be inconvenient for all of us. There isn't a lawyer in town who'll touch the case. Why not? The Windsors aren't exactly sharecroppers. It's not a matter of money, she replied contemptuously. They don't have the guts to stand up to the publicity. Has there been that much? I'd think that the family could contain it. You have a very exaggerated idea of the family's influence, she said tartly, and you don't understand what's going on here. Then you'd better explain it, I said impatient with her peremptory tone. I don't know exactly where to start, she said more softly. Paul's been arrested before. Did Elena tell you that? Yes, on child molesting charges. That's right, she said quickly. The charges would drop because the girl wouldn't testify. Everyone thought we pressured her, but that isn't true. Anyway, the whole thing was a scandal. When Paul was arrested this time, all that came up again. But it's even more complicated than that. What else? I asked, hearing Kevin and Josh's voices in the hall. Paul's father owned a construction company. Yes, I remember, I replied. Windsor Construction was big business in our little town. Mark took it over and expanded it into development. You wouldn't believe how much the town has grown, she added. A lot of it's Mark's doing. There's always been talk about whether he was going about it in a strictly legal way. Mark? I was incredulous. You've been away a long time, she replied dryly. People here are beginning to debate whether all this growth is good. Mark's a major developer, and that makes him the enemy to quite a few people, including the editor of the Sentinel. The door was thrown open and Josh bounded into the room, saw that I was on the phone and froze for a second, then tiptoed toward me and kissed my forehead, dripping sweat on my shirt. He moved away, but I reached out and gripped his arm. He looked back, smiled, and pointed toward the bathroom. I let him go. A moment later I heard him run the shower. What does this have to do with Paul? As I said, the editor of the paper is anti-development, she replied. He led a campaign to put a no-growth proposition on the ballot in November. I guess he sees his best way of winning is to turn it into a vote against the Windsors, but first they have to make us out to be monsters. You'd think, she said scornfully, we were the Marcoses or the Duvaliers. And Paul is caught in the crossfire? Yes. The funny thing is that Mark and Paul have their own problems, or did you already know they hate each other? What I know about the Windsors is twenty years out of date. We need your help, Henry. Can you see that?